The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Do you ever wonder what we will do in heaven? Uh, maybe you're at home right now and you say, you know, I've had so many interests and gifts and things I'd like to do, but all of my time has been spent rearing my children and taking care of my family. I've never had the opportunity to exercise my gifts and my interests. Well, here's the good news. This earth isn't the only place you get to do that. Dr. Robert Jeffress describes a place called heaven. Next. Jay. Well, we're just thrilled to have Dr. Robert Jeffers back with us. He's, he's, he's shared on heaven this week, not because we're just all getting up the load right now, okay? <laughs> but uh, a place called heaven, 10 surprising truths about your eternal home. Would you welcome Dr. Jeffers back to life today? Thank you all. Thank you, James and Betty, for having me. Thank you. You know, you are, you pastor First Baptist Church. And our audience is, is as vast as the sea. Yes. And it is people from all parts of the world and Christ's body. And you capture people's attention as well as anyone we have. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes preachers don't. Sometimes we have preachers and people listen to them a little bit. And maybe if he's their guy, their deal, they'll listen. But they don't necessarily capture everybody's attention. But you do. And I mean that as a compliment. And I think one of the reasons is your devotion to truth and to seeking and also your courage and your conviction, but your concern, your compassion. I got to believe that you didn't just write this to give us surprising truths, but you also wrote it because you knew people wonder about it. But I have an idea, just like you know about us. You knew people that probably have someone very close to them in heaven. Absolutely. And they want to know how it's going for them. Am I right about that? You're exactly right. And you know, I think God has left us all here for one reason. It's not to build a successful career or accumulate a lot of money or even have a happy family life. He's left us here to be representatives of Jesus Christ and point people to Him. And I just have had a feeling that there is a hunger in this world now for heaven like there's never been before. And we as Christians ought to take advantage of that and remind people God has something better planned for you. And I didn't write this book, A Place Called Heaven, to be an escape for people, to say, let's get in our bunkers and wait for heaven to come. <laughs> you know, C.S. Lewis said one time, he said, history has shown that the Christians who have made the greatest difference in this world are those who thought most about the next world. He said, aim at heaven and you get earth thrown in. <laughs> aim at earth and you get neither. <laughs> so I think this is a time for Christians to be talking about heaven and to be pointing people to the only way to heaven and that's through faith in Christ. And yet very few Christians know that much about heaven. Uh, they're limited in what they know and that's why I wrote this book after 40 years of ministry to answer the 10 most frequently asked questions people have about our home in heaven. And I think it is exciting that you're willing to do that. And you know, you were talking about 
not just getting in the bunker, but doing things that uh, that resonate with the glories of heaven. You know, you look down here on this table right here, and, and you're going to see some little shoes like this. These pretty cute little shoes. <laughs> they belong on real cute little feet that have never had shoes and bigger feet, bigger shoes. And then you'll also see, Dr. Jeffers, all these little Christmas ornaments. We do every year for just a month, way early, like we are now, Christmas shoes and smiles. And I want, because this illustrates everything you preach, everything you believe. This is probably one of the most powerful things I've seen in a long time. I want to show you what happens when somebody gets a glimpse of the glories of our Lord in heaven and they decide to share that glory right here on this earth. And it happened when somebody saw us talking about shoes. Now I want you to watch, just, just look at this. Watch what a couple does, because here's the deal. Right here in this studio and right here watching me, you got the ability to move heaven and earth and touch people beyond anything you ever imagined. Get ready to get blessed. Watch. You're going to love this, Doc. Um, hi, I'm Lisa Holly, and this is my husband, Glenn. Glenn Holly. We uh, own Off the Hook Restaurant. In Warrendale, Pennsylvania, which is right outside of Pittsburgh. We have um, three children, and one of our sons had a little foot issue, and I took him to the doctors, but then I came home, and I was going through the remote on the TV, and I came across this child walking on a garbage dump, and it broke my heart. And then I saw that they were unwrapping a rag around this little child's foot, and it was stuck, and he had to pull it off, and, and it was a life-changing moment. So I went to my husband, and I said, we need to do something. Being in the restaurant business, we said, okay, let's try to figure something out. And then we came back with this idea of a dessert to share, a reason to care. Our desire and what's in our heart is to get all kids that need shoes, these shoes. This is the vehicle that we've chosen to use the truffles to bless our guests, and then by that, we bless the children with the shoes. From that production, now we're over 31,280 pairs of shoes. There was a time in our life when it wasn't comfortable and it wasn't easy, and we thought we lost everything. But when you turn to God, and like really turn to God, He turns things around. It's the talent that He's given us that He wants us to turn around and shine Jesus' light back out you know, to our guests, to our employees. These shoes were a solution, such a simple solution to such a big problem. They said children died from this. Now we would like to say that thank you to James and Betty for bringing the world right to us, right into our living room, that then was the catalyst for us to try to also help and, and bring the shoes back to the world. Isn't that great? Don't you love that? Oh, that's Doc, is that awesome? That's great. That's great. That's great. And you know, that is exactly what we were able to do. We were able to bring the mission fields of the world into people's homes so they could put the arms of God around the missionaries and the people they're trying to assist. You know, it reminds me watching that video of a quote I use in the book, and that is, what we do on earth 
reverberates in the halls of heaven forever. And that's what you're doing. What we're doing with these shoes is going to reverberate forever and ever. Exactly. And that's when you're talking about not only getting ready for heaven and loving heaven, but letting people see that there is the glory of heaven in us now. That's right. And that we can actually lay up uh, treasures in heaven. Now, you, you said you want to talk to us about what we're going to do in heaven. And people are asking that. And I told you, even before we came out here, I said, you know, I like to fish. And I do catch and release. Every now and then, you know, God will call one of the fish home. By the way, <laughs> Jesus, the last thing he did was fix fish. That's right. So That's it's really right. okay to do that. You know, it really, eating meat is not murder. That's right. Abortion's murder. That's right. Now, eating meat's not. But anyway, <laughs> Jesus did fix fish. But, but I just want to, there's going to be a river. You think I can catch some fish in heaven? I think you could. I think you absolutely <laughs> could. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. It's going to be great. And, and that's, again, one of the things I talk about in the book in answer is what will we do in heaven? I think one of the biggest misconceptions about heaven is that it's going to be a boring place or that it's going to be a place of unending worship, a 24-7 worship service. Now, look, I'm not minimizing the importance of worship. We are going to worship in heaven, worship like we've never experienced on earth. I mean, we have tremendous worship at First Baptist Dallas. Great choir and orchestra, wonderful singing, mediocre preaching, but that's okay. It's a great time. <laughs> but that's nothing compared to the joy of heaven. We'll worship, but that's not all that we're going to do. We're going to work in heaven. We're going to have real responsibilities. Now, some people watching may be disappointed in that. They said, that sounds like hell to me to have responsibilities. I don't want that. Look, God created us to be workers. Remember what God said to Adam and Eve? I've given you the garden, but you are to cultivate it and keep it. That was before the fall, before sin. God said, you're to be a worker. God's created us to accomplish something. The only reason work isn't pleasant to us is because of the effects of sin. We have bodies that get tired. We have interpersonal conflicts. All that's going to be removed, and we're going to have real responsibilities in heaven. I think we'll be creating things in heaven. You know, uh, uh, God said, okay, I'm going to give you cherries. Cherries are gr good. He created cherries, but guess what? Cherry pie is even better. Uh, uh, avocados are good, but... Uh, Avocado dip. It is. It's the best. And so forth. God wants us to take what we have and He's going to have it use us for something better. Some people are going to be given realms of responsibility, some to manage cities, some nations, some gal galaxies, and so forth. The interest we have in this earth, I think, are going to stay with us. And let me just say, I know so many uh, uh, ladies watch this program, and uh, uh, maybe you're at home right now. And you say, you know, I've had so many interests and gifts and things I'd like to do, but all of my time has been spent rearing my children and taking care of my family. I've never had the opportunity to exercise my gifts and my interests. Well, here's the good news. This earth isn't the only place you get to do that. The interest, the gifts that God has given you aren't from this world only. They're going to extend all <laughs> through heaven. And so we are going to have responsibilities and work that we are satisfied with in heaven. All right, there's another question here that you indicated you want to, want to, want to touch on, and I think it's important. Uh, how do you prepare? 
for that journey? What do we do right now? Well, we need to have adequate preparation for our journey. And uh, it, first of all, starts with making sure you've got the right passport that will get you into heaven. <laughs> I mean, if you knew you were going to a foreign country, you'd make sure you had the right passport. I remember uh, I had just been the youth director at First Baptist Dallas for a year, and we took 200 kids to the Soviet Union. <laughs> and so the time came for us to leave, and I made sure all the kids got through and all the sponsors, my wife, Amy, and so forth. I was the last one. I reached for my passport. Oh, no. And it wasn't there. Oh, no. oh, way to go. And I'm telling you, I started explaining to the guards. I had to get over to there with my kids. My wife was crying on the other side, imagining me in a gulag forever and so forth. At the last minute, a friend waved my passport. He had taken it as a joke. Oh, and uh, oh, it wasn't very funny at the time and so forth. You know what? There's going to be real tears when some people die and realize they don't have the right passport passport to get into heaven. And if you wait until that moment, you've waited too long. There's only one way to get to heaven, and it's through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am not a way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And if you're not a Christian and you're watching this broadcast, the most important thing you can do before this program is over is to place your faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior. That's the first thing that you can do, but it's not the only thing you should do. I think, secondly, we need to develop a here-there mindset. By that, I mean we need to be focused on fulfilling our responsibilities here on earth while we're preparing for the next world as well. God has given us real responsibilities here, but he's also told us to lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven. And through Life Outreach, you're providing a way for people to lay up treasures in heaven by this great ministry. I Third, think you could see the joy of heaven in that couple a while ago. Oh, you could. You could just see what the, and everybody working, they realize we're working for something of eternal value. Incredible. I think, I think that's true. And I think, you know, thirdly, I say to people, you know, minimize regrets here on earth. You know, the Bible says, or the poet said, of all the sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are what might have been. And I think about my own parents. They both almost died exactly the same way. They went to a doctor. They weren't feeling well. The doctor discovered cancer and said, you have four months to live. And they, I watched them, each one of them, prepare the last four months of their life to meet the Lord. And they were both Christians, great Christians, taught me so much. But I remember my dad especially. He died with some regrets. He talked to me. He said, you know, Robert, the relationships I wish I had restored that had been broken, the trips I wish I had taken. I remember he said to my brother and sister and me, he said, you know, I spent my life working to accumulate this money, and now I'm having to leave it to you knuckleheads, you know, and so forth. And he said he really died with some regrets. Don't have regrets when you die. I think about the scripture that talks about Abraham. It said, Abraham died at a ripe old age, a man satisfied with life. Wow. God wants us to be satisfied with the life that he's given us here on earth. So I think it's very important important to minimize regrets. And finally, I would say, 
take care of practical matters before you die. You know, uh, Isaiah the prophet said to King Hezekiah, he Hezekiah, you're going to die. Get your house in order. Mm -hmm. A lot of Christians die without their house in order. 66% of Americans die without a will, and it leaves their family with a lot of confusion. And guess what? If you don't decide where your money is going to, Uncle Sam is going to decide. <laughs> he won't do right. He won't do right. So make sure you have a will. Remember your church. Remember your family. Remember life outreach is a part of your will. Uh, let your family know what you want them to do when you die. Go ahead and make those preparations for your service that will glorify God. I mean, the fact is we're all going to take that journey one day, and we need to be sure we're ready for it. What you said about people preparing a will, we actually have a, a whole department that helps people know how they can give, not how they can give to Life Outreach, how they can give to help their family, to protect what God has allowed them to oversee or to accumulate, and how to disperse it properly with minimal tax, uh, uh, let's say depreciation against what they have earned. So please give us even that opportunity. You can simply say, we'd like to have that help. I think you were really thoughtful and wise to mention that to people because you know a lot of the money right now is controlled by widows whose husbands left it to them. They're gone. And many of them are saying, what do I do with it? Let's do something of eternal value. I think that's one of the greatest ways that you do lay up treasure in heaven. Betty, you and I know we're going to heaven. Not because we became a member of a church. I was christened and didn't meet the Lord. I didn't know him. Betty was baptized, sang in the choir and taught Sunday school and didn't know the Lord. Good church members. <laughs> Good church members, both of us. But we both had an encounter with Christ and met Jesus. You came out of the choir to give your life to Christ. I came forward as a shy boy to put my hand in the pastors and my life in the masters. Even though we had both had a religious encounter, we didn't have that relationship that Dr. Jeffers was talking about. A lot of people are members of churches that have not met Christ. You will not go to heaven without a relationship with Jesus. Why don't you, just like he suggested, why don't you right now invite the Jesus who gave his life that you might have life? Would you just invite him in like a child? Jesus says we all have to come like a child. Of such is the kingdom of heaven. Would you right now say, Jesus, would you come into my life? I do believe you died for me. I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me, cleanse me, save me, Lord Jesus, right now. I want to be born from above. I want to be born again. Just tell him that. And then thank him. You don't have to beg. Father, for everyone who called upon your name, who invites you in, thank you for the reality of that glorious promise that whoever asks receives. In Jesus' name. If you'd like someone to pray with you, you'd like to have a simple Bible study that we prepared for you called Knowing God as Father, you just call that number. So I'd like to have that simple Bible study. All right? You want someone to pray with you? Ask them to do so. All of you here in the studio, would you just thank Dr. Robert Jeffers for sharing thank you very much. Thanks for having his me. witness, his influence, and the book, A Place Called Heaven. And then just like you saw, at the very beginning of the program, that beautiful couple that took their gift, their talent, their business and said, we're going to bless people and inspire them to bless others. They've given over $100,000 for shoes and smiles. To God be the glory. Would you right now, would you consider 
giving 10 children a pair of shoes, shoes for Christmas, smiles for Christmas. We're doing it now so we can deliver the shoes and smiles by Christmas as a gift. We have gifts for you to say thank you, and they're going to bless you. They're going to put a smile on your face, but you're going to change everything for some children. Would you do it right now? I want you to watch closely and very prayerfully. Say, God, lead me. I want to help some children. I want to give some shoes and smiles. Watch closely. <laughs> James and Betty, you came to China many years ago and you saw the need and your heart was touched. In fact, your hearts were broken. And uh, these little children here didn't have a home, didn't have nowhere to live. But uh, we have a missionary partner here now who takes these children in. They come from several different scenarios that would just break your heart. But these people bring them in. They have a home here for them. It's one of our life centers. And they have various needs. Um, and some of those kids that come uh, have that cleft lip, cleft palate need. And uh, they need for that surgery. And little Isaac here, he's been one of those that came here with that need. But uh, he's had the surgery now, and uh, he's one of the recipients of Christmas Smiles, and we really thank God for that. And James, because of that vision God gave you that year, many children's lives have been changed forever, and God has been bringing children through this center year after year after year, just many of them coming through with various needs. And I'm always reminded uh, in Matthew 25 where Jesus says, as you do it to the least of these, you do it unto me. And just know that when we bring smiles, Christmas smiles to these little ones like Pippa, we know Jesus is smiling up above as his children are being loved on in a way that he would desire us to do. So thank you to everybody for being so generous so that these little ones can have life and have it more abundantly and just bring joy to their little hearts. God bless you. You know, as Betty and I watched those cuttings of the time in China, you tell it was many years ago, and we went there with a broken heart. Those were called the dying rooms. We were the only people ever allowed to go in the dying rooms with cameras. And the only reason they let us do that was because they trusted us. They knew we loved them. Those weren't actually dying rooms. In their meager means of approaching disease, they didn't know how to deal with the ones they couldn't diagnose. And so they would put those little children that were very sick away from the other children, trying to keep them alive. And we told them, we want to help you keep them alive. They weren't trying to be mean. They were trying to save lives. And one of the little girls you saw was Hope, the little girl with the kind of the communist jacket on. She was blind. We loved her and I prayed she'd get a home. She got one here. And boy, it was quite a quite an experience. She's now graduated from college and she's quite a, quite a leader and she brought her best friend over here because they went back and got her too. <laughs> the stories are just endless and Betty it's what love does and you know when I go back and look at those scenes and I realize that we would come home with the broken heart of the missionaries and the broken heart of people and we'd say to you let's, let's heal those hearts and you know what you did? You put the arms of God around them. And right now we're doing Christmas shoes and smiles like we just showed you a child that could smile that couldn't before. Betty and I have just decided we always give at each project. When you start, we, we give right up front. Everything we do with the missionaries. 
Well, we decided this week we're going to give two more smiles, another $1,000 for two more smiles for Christmas. And we're going to give another 50 pairs of shoes this week. And we need a lot of that in this last week now because we want to give the shoes to all these children all over the world. Thousands and thousands of little children have shoes. It's $36 to give 10 children shoes. Surely you can do that. Would there be any way you'd give 50 children shoes for Christmas by giving $180? If you can, I believe you will. And then the $1,000 for the smiles. It may be that some of you can even do more than that and say, you know what? I'm going to help a lot of children because I want to. See, I'm smiling because I know what love does. And so Betty and I are asking you right now this week, go online, you see the website, call that number, and you make the best gift you can. Take your bank card, use it like a check. That's how you should always use it. Or you can write a check and make it to life. But please call us and telling, telling us you're mailing it because we need to know this week because we really do need a great boost of support to get all these shoes out. We have some beautiful Christmas shoes to send you. The one this year that we're sending for any gift is a crystal shoe. It's absolutely beautiful. I don't know how well the light reflects off this, but I'm telling you that is beautiful. And then we have a whole box of shoes. That's seven of all of them that we've given over the years, one each year. And we'll send all of them to you if you just give 50 kids some shoes. Make that gift of $180. We're just sending this to you to bless you. You hang these little shoes up and you think about all the smiles and all the joy you've given to children all over the world. Go online or dial the number and you make the gift God put on your heart. Thank you so much for doing it. Remember, this is the last week right now and we really do need some special help. Thanks for giving it. Poverty is a killer. And because of it, children needlessly suffer, not only from a lack of food and clean water, but also from a lack of things we take for granted, such as a healthy smile or a simple pair of shoes. Far too many children living in poverty have never owned a new pair of shoes. And while that may seem minor in light of all their needs, walking with bare feet puts them at risk of life-threatening infections and disease that could lead to crippling consequences and even death. By responding today, you can help immediately secure and begin shipping Christmas shoes to 150,000 children around the world, just in time for the holidays. Your gift of $36 will help provide 10 pairs of shoes. A gift of $72 will help provide 20 pair. And a gift of $180 will help provide 50 pairs of Christmas shoes for children in need. With your gift of any amount, be sure to request this beautifully crafted crystal shoe ornament a treasure to place on your tree each holiday season. With your gift of $180 or more, you may also request this keepsake boxed set of life's Christmas shoe ornaments. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000 or more to help provide over 275 pairs of shoes or two children with corrective cleft palate surgeries, and you may request our Determined Eagle bronze sculpture. This is the last week. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Well, Betty and I are holding the determined eagle and the beautiful shoes. Uh, would you give 50 children shoes? We want to send you all these beautiful gifts. And uh, the determined eagle, would you give a couple of children smiles for Christmas? Would you do that? This is our last week. If you would like to have this incredible book, A Place Called Heaven, by Dr. Jeffers, we'll send it to you. If you just say, I'm going to give some shoes and smiles ask for the book. It is in the bookstores online. I know some of your friends would love to have it too. 
thank you so much for watching. Would you join us in saying thanks to Dr. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you Daddy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In the bookstore, all right? Thanks for sharing Susan's mind. Thank you for doing Thank you for watching. Ambassadors for Life are people like you who see need in the world and want to do something about it. Contact us to start a fundraiser today and change someone's future. I wrote the book, but a few weeks ago I needed to read the book. <laughs> Unshakable Trust with Joyce Meyer next week. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.